All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. Welcome to another episode of Crypto with English. I'd like to warmly introduce to you all a uh, friend and uh, you know fellow enthusiast of uh, blockchain and DeFi and everything in uh, Web3, Rebecca Jenkins, the CEO of uh, TMN Global. Uh, Rebecca, thank you for coming on today. If you could talk a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this? And uh, tell us about TMN. Yeah, Adam, thank you so much for having me um, and reaching out to me on LinkedIn uh, about your podcast. And, you know, I think it's I think it's really great that you have this podcast that you can you you. Know, bring on different uh, business people in the industry and um, and that you can interview people who are you know creating companies in Web3 and that are trailblazing. There might be some like techno music or like something going on in the background because I live like right on <laughs> I live oh. right in the main street in here in southern Germany. Oh okay. Um, so so it's kind of I didn't loud. really notice it. It could have been on my end too. It could have been something going no, on. No, actually there's no central air here. So we always have to have the windows open. So if there's like cars driving oh, by okay. or like anything going on outside, we are hearing it a hundred percent. So no worries um, at all. I think it just it just adds to the ambiance. So you're you're totally yeah, good. Yeah, I got you know, I've got like the nice like blue lighting here coming in on yeah, my, that's my right. ear. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so let's dive into kind of like what TMN Global is, and I can say a little bit about it, and then we can dive into like if you have any questions about the company. And I I would really love to like t- talk about the journey of how like TMN Global like came to be. Yes. Um, I'm not sure how much time we have. <laughs> we got an hour. Okay. So, yeah, please take your time. So, so TMN Global, it stands for Technology Metal Network Global. And um, my partner actually had a really, really long, long time good friend um, who owns one of the leading distributors of strategic assets. So like tangible assets in all of Europe. And um, something that makes his company extremely, extremely uh, unique is that they provide technology metals and rare earth metals and that's something you know we hear about precious metals all the time like gold and silver but we don't really hear that much about like technology metals or rare earth metals so this is something that makes them really different from a lot of the other guys out there in the commodities tangible assets industries so my partner my partner in business and my life partner as well he had this idea to you know we were a part of a gold company back in 2017 to 2019 and this gold company tried to put on a cryptocurrency with the gold and they were going to say you know one gram of gold is going to be backed by one you know one token but it's because of they had so many tokens in their plan in their like allocation model like it was not possible for them to actually back the token, like to back it by gold. So right. the project ended up being a failure. Um, we learned a lot from that. And, and from that, he had the idea, well, why don't we take a company and we have the appropriate amount of tokens and we 
take those tokens and make it a payment token first and provide people access to purchase technology metals and rare earth metals because right now it's only limited to people who are in europe to buy these technology metals rare earth metals so this is something really really interesting because the average person just doesn't have like access to these right so, and if you can if you can just uh, define and give some context um what are technology and rare earth metals uh you know just for the audiences uh you know yes. Yeah. So, so like I said, precious metals are, are things like gold, silver, um, platinum, palladium. Um, technology metals are metals that we use every day. So, like my phone here, you know, I, in order for it to be a touchscreen, I need a metal called indium, and indium is um, used in all touchscreens. So, as you know, like today, there's a huge demand. There's everything's becoming touchscreen. There's touchscreens in our cars. There's touchscreens on right. our refrigerators. There's touchscreens like in McDonald's, like everywhere. Um, so, there's a huge demand for indium, and that's like one of the technology metals in our portfolio. There's also an another example would be germanium. Germanium is the metal that is used for fiber optic cables. You know what fiber optic cables are used for? High speed internet. And what do especially Americans and people who are having jobs on the internet needing more high speed internet, more fiber optic cables sure. so that their internet is faster and faster and faster. We got, we have, we have 5G, next we're going to 6G. I don't know, who knows what's gonna happen. Right. But, um, but these metals, people don't realize, like there's such a huge demand for technology metals. Rare earth metals is a separate thing um, a lot of people group, group them together, but rare earth metals are more like strong magnets. So they're used for green energy movement. They're used sure. in wind turbines. They're used in, you know, um, in cars like uh, like Tesla. Like Tesla yeah. would not be able to function without um, like dis dysprosium, for example, or praseodum. Right. So like cobalt, for example, that would be a rare earth metal, correct? So cobalt that is something metal? that I'm I'm not as familiar with. That's not in our portfolio. Okay. So um, you know, I'm not I you know I'm pretty like specialized into the ones that Got we it. offer. But cobalt, I I could not even give you I can't even give you an example of okay. that. Okay. No worries. I would think that cobalt would be something that's used like in cars, um, you know, in automobiles and machinery and and different things. But when it comes to like whether or not it's a technology metal or rare earth metal, I'm I'm not sure. That would be a question for my partner who owns the 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 metals company. He he is like a specialist in the okay. elements. So, Got it. I know it's yeah. used in like iPhones and and I guess you know you know various uh, you know green energy type tech. But uh, yeah, I was just curious what, what category you know that that falls into. But you know this is this mm -hmm. is a very good uh, way of contextualizing everything. I think so far that's a pretty good explanation, Becca. Yeah, well, and honestly, a lot a lot of people they don't even they don't have access to invest in these metals. Like, there's such a huge demand in the industry. Yeah. But do you know of any companies that can can sell you tech tech metals or or um, um, rare earth metals? No, but I do know America? that governments are trying to always get their hands on it. Like you <laughs> pick up the Wall Street Journal, you you know look at anything business related, you know whether yeah. it's the United States, whether it's China, whether it's you know um, you know large and small countries alike. They're always trying to get their hands on these uh, you know uh, rare earth metal, uh, probably technology metal type mines. Yeah, they can, there's actually so. a huge, um, a huge grant. Uh, I think it's a grant. Um, there's some kind of fund in Florida right now. They're looking for um, for rare earth metals or technology metals. 
And, and that's actually something my dad brought up to me. He's like, you guys should reach out to them and like right. see if you guys can, can work out a deal with the governor. Um, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, this live. No, I don't care. Go for it. <laughs> um, but you know, that's, so there's a lot of like opportunities for us to, to work with government, to work with different, um, to work with different companies, like large industrial companies and, um, and just a little bit of, of my background. So I'm actually the youngest Senator in the Senate of economy, uh, internationally. So I, I'm not a Senator in, in the, in the, sense of like how it is in America where you have to be, you know, elected and people vote for you. Um, a Senate, a Senate of economy is actually like an advisory organization that, you know, you pay a, a fee to be a part of this, this board of, of business professionals, and you actually can advise and help give insight into different industries for politicians in Europe. So I technically am international because I am from America and I'm speaking in German and in English. Um, so, so I'm actually the youngest on this, on this organization. And the way that you get in is you have to be um, chosen by uh, two politicians and one, per one other person from the organization. So they have, like, they have people that do this process. And yeah. so, so I was really lucky to be, get, to, to, to be a part of this, this group. And um, and that's something that I really want to I really want to expand more into um, right. once Team Global really gets big. And, I, you know, I'm really interested in politics and making a difference in the world. And, um, you know, I think I think that in politics, we need more people who have good values that can do um, what they say they're going to do. And I think that's sometimes really hard to follow through with. But right. um, I'm not going to get into politics today, but I just thought I'd, I'd put that in there since we brought up. You no, know. you have carte blanche. Seriously, say, you know, <laughs> say, uh, say, what, say whatever you please. Uh, you know, I think that it makes, makes the episodes and uh, the overall experience better. But, um, you know, to talk about, you know, talk about your company, you mm. know, specializing in technology and rare earth metals. Um, how did you, I guess, how did you and your team figure out to focus on this you know, specific area. And by the way, I think it's a very great idea because, you know, whether it's large, small companies, you know, uh, you know, corporations, everybody is trying to get raw metals to essentially power all of these, you know, uh, products such as our iPhones and green energy technologies and electric cars and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you talk about perhaps some of the foresight on that. Um, so like how, like how was it, how were we able to like get to where we are today? Yeah. Yeah. And kind of just the thinking process, uh, you know, behind it, cause I would imagine, and, and I've seen this in blockchain, it's, it's, it's easier to an extent like, okay, we're going to look at gold and let's just yeah. try to have crypto tokens pegged to that or silver, mm -hmm. platinum, maybe palladium, you know, or, or something yeah. like that. You know, I think, um, I personally think there's a lot more longevity in some of those rare earth metals and in technology metals because absolutely ours are everyday lives. Say the least. Yeah, and and actually the reasoning, um, I'm under the understanding um, that the reasoning behind um, Hubert Bloom, which is the partner of TMN Global, um, in his company EMHAG. So if anyone looking that up, EMH, I think it's EMHAG.com. You can go to and check out his website. And that's our partner. Um, he actually had, he, he made a way where there wasn't really a way for the everyday person to purchase technology metals and rare earth metals um, right. because he saw the opportunity 
of there being uh, people that would love to invest 100 euros a month, uh, 500 euros a month, or even you know a one-time payment of uh, 10,000 euros or 50,000 euros, whatever, you know, to protect their wealth over time. And just last year, for example, if someone would have put uh, 400,000 euros into the metals, then they would have made a hundred percent, over a hundred percent return. And they would have got out by the end of the year in the middle of Corona time, over right. 800,000 euros with that wow. investment. So the technology metals are thriving right now. Um, and it's all because of Hubert Bloom and his company, EMHAG. And so I really, you know, I truly cannot take credit for the ideas or, you know, the concept behind this company. It was truly my partner, um, Feridun Guven, that he had this idea of, of combining uh, the new world, blockchain and the innovations of technology with the old world of traditional asset investing in strategic assets. And right. so we have these like two worlds of like, you know, a lot of older people invest in like gold and tangible assets. And a right. lot of like, younger people um, are investing in cryptocurrency. So we're, our company is truly combining the two worlds so that we can provide access to as many people as possible to invest in different forms of tangible assets. And they can diversify their portfolio even more if they were just investing in crypto or they were just investing in precious metals. Now they have technology metals and rare earth metals that they have access to. So TMNG is not currently it's, it's not um, it's not a stable coin. It's it's payment token. So TMNG is a payment token because it only is used as a currency, digital currency to purchase the metals in where so we're building this online shop the tmn global online shop and all right. the metals will be listed in there and then people will be able to have like their own account uh, on our app or on you know online on the laptop or you know their home desktop and um, and they'll be able to monitor their digital assets through our platform that we have that we're building right now we're developing this got year it. Yeah. got it and um, if you can, you know, discuss just a little bit of this aspect, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, the underlying technology, you know, uh, you know, for this, you know, of course, to the extent that you're allowed to, you know, uh, you know, you know, discuss uh, and disclose. Sure. Um, but yeah, what's the uh, what are uh, what's some of the underlying uh, blockchain technology that you have powering this? Yeah, so we have um, we have a smart contract that's been audited by Certic.io, and you know, Certic is one of the most respectable, world world renowned, respectable um, smart smart contract auditors. And so we have a pretty standard smart contract. Um, we're at an ERC twenty token okay. on the Ethereum sure. blockchain. And so, um, so this token, like I said, it's a payment token. It's not a stable coin. It's not, it's not a utility token. So there is a difference between utility token and a payment token. Um, and we're based in, in Zug, Switzerland. And Zug, Switzerland is known as Crypto Valley. And, right. you know, some of our neighbors are Ethereum, Cardano, Solana. And the, the, the biggest and best blockchain companies in the world are, you know, all in Zug, Switzerland. A lot of people don't know that. Um, Right. So, so some of the technology um, that goes along with that, like I said, it's a, it's a standard smart contract, and we do have a token allocation model. If anyone wants to check it out, they can totally go to our website tmn minus tmn global dot com. Um, in German, they always say minus for their dashes, 
So I'm like, okay. in my head, that does like, make sense too. Yeah. <laughs> half, half German, half English. Um, but yeah, tmn-global.com. And you can check out our white paper. You can actually download it from there. It's like a, I think it's about 30 pages long. And, um, and so we also have something called a burning program. So we're going to be burning away tokens uh, on a public wallet. Once we go on exchanges, that burning program will be activated. And then we'll start burning. Um, actually, we'll burn away 15% of our profits for all, all of our products for TMN Global. And, um, and we'll take 10% of those profits and we'll put it into, um, I believe it's a treasury because we are planning for the future to develop a stable coin that will be backed by strategic assets. So we realized that, you know, gold wouldn't really just be enough for us. We want to we want to be a little right. more broad and say strategic assets. And that allows us to back the the coins by by multiple diverse different assets. So, you know, our technology metals, the rare earth metals and the precious metals. Um, so so, yeah, so that's our general plan, like a over overview yeah. of what it is. And so we have big plans in the future as well as what we're doing now. Um, but it's, you know, step by step, one thing at a time. So, and a big thing that we actually had to wait a whole long time for was because we're in Switzerland, because we're in Zug, we had to go through the process of getting um, regulated. So we're actually um, the registered company uh, that ha that's putting on the TMN Global Platform, the TMNG token is called yeah. Aria World AG. And Aria World AG is actually regulated by vqf and it's finma so it would be like the sec or right. yeah, the sec for switzerland has said you know a real world ag tm and global you guys are good you guys are regulated you know go ahead and do your virtual asset thing right. and um and just let us know <laughs> you know let us know how it goes but i think sure. it's really good to have regulation because it shows that you know we're we're accountable to make sure that we're going to follow through and we're going to make, really make sure that we're taking care of our community and and doing, you know, following through on our promises to the best of our ability. So awesome. That sounds exciting as well. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could talk about Zug Valley as as well. There's so many great, you could say, uh, you know, ecosystems and almost, you know, micro economies in the world where a lot of these great, you know, Web3 uh, projects are coming out of. So, you know, I think the UAE and Dubai, you know, speaks for itself as well, but there's also exciting things, you know, going on and, you know, in, in, in Singapore and, you know, you're seeing what's going on in Miami and in Austin, Texas, uh, you yeah. know, Zug Valley doesn't get a whole lot of coverage here in, in the U.S., it, it seems. And, and it seems quite unfortunate because this is Switzerland and there's also some great projects, you know, coming out of there as well. I was wondering if you could talk about uh, Zug Valley, the energy, the ecosystem and, What's great about it? Yeah, I mean, if you look up, if you look up Zug Switzerland on, you know, whatever search engine that you use, then you'll see all of some of, you know, I wouldn't say all of the best blockchain companies, but a lot. I mean, hundreds of the best blockchain companies in the world are there. And it's not, you know, it's not just for any old reason. It's because I, you know, Zug Switzerland Crypto Valley was one of the first places that allowed uh, companies to pay for their taxes in cryptocurrency. And so Zook is very, very crypto friendly and they're constantly creating new regulation in order to um, A, 
protect the people who are investing in those companies and two to be innovative to push the industry forward so you know one of one of those uh one of those regulations that i just i think happened last year was that now you can actually tokenize uh assets which is really interesting you know tokenizing an asset like you know a fine a, a fine art uh painting by Picasso or whatever, you can tokenize that. And many, many people uh, can can actually be, be a part owner of, of that asset. The same thing with like a Lamborghini or sure. a vacation home or whatever. And, you know, they're, they're constantly looking for ways to promote and help the crypto blockchain industry, as opposed to, I think, maybe other countries who are a little bit more um, unsure or uh, you know, they're they're. I think they're worried about what is going to happen if they if they allow cryptocurrency or the blockchain industry to just you know continue. Sure. Um, but I, I really think that Zook is taking a methodical, like a very a very. Um, I, they're not passive with their approach to to blockchain, and I think that's why they're getting so they're they're getting so um, much uh, blockchain companies that are coming in there and moving to right. Zook because they are you know they're not the switzerland people are are very put together and they have very they have a lot of rules Certainly. about a lot of things and sometimes it makes makes the process of getting there a little slower than than we want it to be but they do it the right way and i think right. that's really important because they don't do things just to do things they always have a reason right. and i think that um for that they they've They've uh, got this nickname Crypto Valley because they're really they're really supporting a lot of the cryptocurrency companies and fintech companies that are moving in there, and um, I think that maybe they're they're not getting a lot of notoriety now, but I think in the next couple of years people are going to start hearing about Crypto Valley just like and maybe in the beginning people didn't really know that much about Silicon Valley. But now that is a household name. Everybody knows Silicon Valley is in California, you know? Right. So. Yeah. And, and it looks like we're having, uh, you know, many of those, uh, you know, pop up all over the place uh, across the world. And, um, you know, going, you know, going from that as, you know, as, as well. So, you know, having access to, I think, technology and rare earth metals is something that's very peculiar excuse me, peculiar. And I think mm -hmm. it's also something that's very lucrative as well. So, you know, just to, um, just to clarify. So if I was, let's say based in Berlin, um, yeah. there is at least some sort of pathway for me to like invest in, let's say cobalt or germanium, so to say, but that's not necessarily available in many other parts of the world. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like if you're in Germany, for example, you could go and go directly and buy from EMHAG. And you could you could pay in euros because that's allowed. But yep. if you're like in America, that's you can't do that because right. there is um, there are things that you know you're not you're paying in U.S. dollars as opposed to euros. And right. um, and we've even tried you know bank transfer things. It just doesn't work. And it's if it, it even if it would work, it's very very difficult to get through all the red tape. The, with right. the banks and everything. So, um, so that, so that's, that's one thing that is really important about doing this on the blockchain is that right. it's, it's giving people access regardless of where you are in the world 
to be able to purchase or invest in these tangible assets with, you know, a couple of clicks of your butt of, you know, a button online. And, um, and so that's just not possible right now. Um, if you live in America or if you live in Japan, anywhere in Asia, um, it's, it's pretty much only possible with this company, EMH AG. And I think there, there's very, very few um, companies in the world, if any, that are offering this specific opportunity that EMH AG has provided. Like people can actually sign to sign up for a package and they can invest over time, like a hundred, they can, um, they can save monthly, um, over time. And then, you know, in 30 years or whatever, they have this huge lump sum of their metals. And at any time they can say, you know, I'm done. I want to sell my metals. I'm, you know, I'm finished. And then, the, and then in, in the span of two weeks, they'll sell that and then people will get them, their money back in fiat or whatever. Right. Um, but currently that's only available in Europe with euros anywhere else. There's just not the access that it would be if you were in Germany or Switzerland or Liechtenstein or right. Austria. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looks like I'll have to try to take some more trips to Europe then. I think that's a, I think that's a great opportunity. So to kind of talk about some of the mechanics of this, you know, tokenizing assets, um, yeah. you know, within TMN global. So, Effectively, if I was a user and I was to go and, and sign up and if I wanted to invest in, let's say, uh, cobalt or, you know, germanium, uh, you mm -hmm. know, let, let's say something along those lines, the tokens I would be buying would be representing like units and subunits of, I think, your, your metal supply, so to say. Is that correct? So you would, you would buy your tokens and um, so the re so the the metals is through emhag and they buy like in bulk so that's right. why they're able to get like a really really great pricing it's based on the london fixing um lbma if anyone's you know familiar with that then um that's that's how they're getting their metals and so they have Got these it. huge huge amounts of metals they're buying and, and putting into bonded warehouses that are okay. located in frankfurt germany in Liechtenstein and in Zurich, Switzerland. So there's actual physical, huge facilities that are physically storing these metals um, when you purchase them with your with your uh, payment token, TMNG. Got it. So it's just a payment system in order to buy the metals. And later, we're gonna have a stable coin that's backed by the metals. So that'll be a little different, you know, in the future. But our current plan right now is that, you know, you have the TMNG tokens and you're purchasing the tokens right now. We are in the middle of our public token sale. And um, and so people can buy tokens now before we go on live on exchanges. And then once right. we're on exchanges, we'll be able to kind of activate this this program where people will see that the tokens are on the exchanges and they'll see that it's like an active, like live market price for TMNG. And at right. that point, then people will be able to purchase, um, purchase the, the technology metals, whatever they want via the TMN global online shop. Right. Um, just like you would going on Amazon or going on whatever, but we're just using the blockchain because we're using TMNG tokens. That's the only payment we're accepting. Um, so, so that's, that's the, that's kind of how I would explain it.
Got it. And uh, you know, when it comes to users, um, you know, what fiat and crypto tokens are uh, currently accepted or going to be accepted, you know, in the near future for you know TMN. So if let's say if I wanted to build my own uh, rare earth metals or tech metals, you know, portfolio, and let's say maybe I just got U.S. dollars in Bitcoin, would that pretty yeah. much make me you know good to go as far as you know start buying and selling and you know doing whatever else? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and and so currently with our token sale we're having now on our platform, uh, Americans can purchase with Bitcoin. So okay. you have to first do like, I'll take you through the process of like how sure. to buy TMNG. So like, it'll, it'll make more sense that way. Um, so you go on our platform, you register, and then you do your KYC, which is know your customer, which is this verification process. Um, it takes probably about 10 minutes max to do that. And um, they just want to make sure you're like a real person and that you're not like sure. money laundering or whatever. Because right. that's like all Switzerland cares about is that you're not money laundering. They want to right. prevent money laundering in their in their country um, with cryptocurrency. And so after you get verified with the KYC, then you move on to do something called a Satoshi test. So all you have to do is you take your like your wallet that holds your Bitcoin. So we accept Bitcoin as payment. Um, right. And you, you have to send just the smallest amount of Bitcoin to, to us so that we can verify uh, your account. So I think a lot of people call it like whitelisting or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that way we know like it's your, it's your wallet and you know, you're the owner of the wallet. And it's also something that's required by our regulation that we have to do the Satoshi test. Um, and then after that, then you can go ahead and you can go through the process of purchasing TMNG tokens and you would just send, um, whatever amount you want, a minimum of $250. And right now it's at 11 cents per token. Um, and then that's how you would actually purchase. So it's like a three-step process for, um, anyone outside of Europe. Now in Europe, we actually have more of a benefit. So we actually can offer TMNG tokens with a bank transfer. So it's okay. one less step in Europe than it is like everywhere else because they can actually pay with cash um, only available because we are regulated. Before we were regulated, we had to accept everything in Bitcoin um, or crypto, right. you know. Um, right, right. But companies like companies are not allowed to, to accept payment in cash unless they're regulated. So we have a little bit of like a one up on companies maybe that aren't regulated that can only accept crypto um, sure. because we in, in Europe, we can accept cash, which is really great. And it's been it's actually made us go, go completely viral in Switzerland and, you know, European countries because it's so much easier now to buy TMNG tokens because it's like super fast. Like you just get your verification, then you can buy yeah. like immediately where like in America or like other countries. Um, you know, you have to do that sec that one extra step of that Satoshi test. And, um, you know, people re people need to realize when they're purchasing any kind of digital asset online, they need to be careful, you know, who they're who they're going to, uh, especially if it's an ICO or, um, you know, one of a company that's not necessarily listed on exchanges yet. You need to be right. really, really careful that you can trust that company because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, it looks super, super legit and they're just out there to scam you. And yeah. I'm sure we've all heard stories or maybe sure. have experienced personal, personal trauma from the scammers out there. 
uh, because it is, it's, it's a fact. And so that's why us being regulated is really, really good. Not for us, like the regulation isn't it, it's in the community's benefit. It's in like the investor's benefit yeah, because it protects benefit. them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. And, you know, as far as like NFTs and, you know, metaverse capabilities, uh, will that have a place in a TMN Global, you know, in, in the years to come? Because I was thinking, you know, earlier, like, you know, if there was some sort of metaverse capability where I can essentially put on like a VR headset of sorts and be it like almost like a, a metal foundry or some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of like Fort Knox kind of looking place. And as I'm purchasing <laughs> these metals, I'm getting like these giant like bullion sized bars. You know, in, in, you know, I guess you could say an MR or VRAR, you know, carrying it out or so to say. Yeah, you, know, you can go, like, you go into like, a, like an online lever shop and like right, you actually yeah, go exactly. into the store. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, like, that you would know, be really great. That would be you know, really something. A little character else. like carrying around, carrying out these giant, like, you know, rare earth bars or, or something like that. So I know it's a little silly, I mean, but, you... you know, more and more is, you know, that's kind of becoming the status quo mm -hmm. um, of companies yeah. nowadays. So it's kind of wondering what your thoughts were as far as uh, having yeah. something like um, that included in the future. So in, in Liechtenstein is one of our, is one of our um, like bonded warehouses, like massive buildings that stores um the metals and yeah. um, and i went i went to 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 that warehouse and the one in frankfurt on main germany and it was like entering like willy wonka's chocolate factory because like the guy had white Pretty gloves cool. on and then there was like a huge bodybuilder like security guy and they only allowed one person at a time to go in because they were like you know they don't trust anyone there's cameras right. everywhere and then they like lock the door like you know how they do on the ships like with the turning oh thing, yeah yeah and it was like I felt like is anti gravity gonna like start happening? <laughs> right, <laughs> it was so intense. Floating. Yeah, and it was so intense. And I actually got to hold like a massive—I don't even know how many kilos—gold, um, a gold bar and a silver bar. And I was like, "This is so heavy." Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty strong. Like, I'm a pretty strong girl. Like, I work out. I play. You know, I was a uh, not a professional tennis player. But, um, but I did, I did play competitive tennis nationally for like over 20 years. Oh and yeah, I'm, that's you know, right. I, I remember you telling me I go that. to yeah. the gym, you know, I go to the yeah. gym, I, I lift weights, <laughs> I work out, but I was like, this is so heavy. Like, yeah. I was, I was in shock. So I can just imagine like in the metaverse, I just wanted to like comment on that, like in the metaverse, being able to like carry these huge stacks of gold or silver, yeah. like that would be awesome. Because <laughs> yeah. in real life, you cannot do that. It's like way right. too heavy. Um, but yeah, so for TMN Global specifically, um, I'm not sure if like metaverse is going to be in our future. Now, I will say that tokenization of assets is something that we're thinking about. Um, we're also considering for the future, a future product to be um, crypto debit cards or crypto um, crypto credit cards, crypto debit cards, I'm not really sure, um, where you can actually, wherever Visa or MasterCard is accepted, you can actually use that card and automatically changes your cryptocurrency into the local fiat uh, for that country, which is super great for anyone that travels a lot because it's a headache to constantly be switching currency yeah. back and forth. Um, so that's something that we're also uh, developing, you know, in the background. Um, we're also developing like a liquidity pool system where you can, you know, earn passive income um, with, you know, something like that. 
And uh, we're also going to be applying for a new uh, license in Switzerland, which will allow us later to actually develop our own exchange. So TMN Global might have its own exchange at some point in the future. That's exciting. Um, So, and also NFTs, you know, I've actually really gotten into NFTs personally. I've been learning a lot about it. I've been getting on Twitter spaces, being really active. Um, Twitter spaces is like, if you're wanting to get into like blockchain or NFTs or even crypto, like Twitter is the best place um, to go and and talk about, you know, live talk, talk it out, ask questions, learn from other people who are, you know, in the industry or maybe, um, you know, who are also alongside you learning about the industry. And, um, and so, so that's something that could also be in team and global's future is NFTs, because, you know, we have these precious metals that could very well be, you know, be linked to some kind of cool, uh, unique NFTs where people, we can actually maybe ship out metals with people's NFTs. So I'm not going to say too much because I'm not really sure what's in the works hundred percent with the rest of my team. But I know that is something that we have talked about uh, in the roundtable. So, yeah. So that there's sounds, lots of things in the works. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I think it's uh, I think it's unfortunate right now that I think, I think, you know, for those based in the U.S., like myself, don't necessarily have access to that particular market. But I'm thinking if there's anywhere where there might be like some sort of uh, way around that or a backdoor, it actually might be Florida, you know, given, you know, the very friendly uh business uh ecosystem and it's pretty much going to be the next uh silicon valley here um it may already be actually yeah miami oh yeah absolutely uh you know part of that i think um part of that was um i think the mass exodus of a lot of companies and liquidities out of new york and palo alto and they went to miami and austin for the most part. So that's why, you know, I think over the past, like, you know, two and a half years in particular, um, there's just this huge boom of uh, companies and projects. And that's why many of the uh, very visible figures here, um, they're in Miami in particular. And also it's Miami. It's a fun place to begin with. So uh, talk about a work, you know, talk about, a, you know, a, you know, a work and uh, social life balance. That's probably the place to really enjoy that actually. I mean, you literally like roll out of work. For me, Miami is way, too, is way too hot for me. I, I it need is to extremely have, humid. You know, I grew up in Florida. I grew up in right. Sarasota, Bradenton, Florida. And so I, I played tennis seven days a week, four to six hours a day. I was like a tennis freak and I traveled all over the country with my sister playing tennis. And yeah. after this life experience of being in Florida and the Florida summers, I, you know, I will yeah. never, ever live in Florida. I, I feel like I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I used to live in Florida it. too. So I, I do understand what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. The, the humidity is, oh um, my gosh. It, it's a lot and it, it's very obvious Way too much. the farther South um, you go. So I used to live in Fort Lauderdale and I used to live in Jacksonville, which is, you know, pretty much like North Florida and South Florida, respectively. North Florida, uh, the weather is a lot better. It's a lot more mild. It's less humid. Um, But if you're in the summer and it's Miami, these are like days of like 90, 95%, 100% humidity where the moment you walk outside, you're already just kind of drenched in. 
you know, it's almost like walking into a sauna almost. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not for me. No, not anymore. I'm like, you so must really beyond. love uh, Berlin and, and Switzerland. Um, you know, you know, that type of weather. I, okay. So I don't like Berlin weather. Like if you've ever been to Berlin, Berlin, majority of the year it's cold and dark. It's like, you know, London, it's kind Kinda of like, like that. <laughs> climate. Yeah. Um, so, so that is not really that great for me. I like four seasons. I like having four full seasons. So like I'm in Southern right. Germany right now and I'm actually moving to Milan, uh, Italy in January. So, so that's really exciting. Um, so I'll be kind of like back and forth. It's right on the border. Um, it's right on the border of Switzerland. I'll be, I think I'll still be in Switzerland, but it's like on, on the outskirts of Milan. Um, so I'm right. kind of figuring out the details for that now, but, um, but yeah, that's, that is the best climate for me would be, you know, the four seasons and, and not being like super, super hot all year round, right. but kind of going back to what you were saying about like Austin and Miami being like these hotbeds for crypto oh, yeah. or like location. I totally agree. I don't know about Miami so much. I haven't really heard that much about it other than, you know, there being like a Bitcoin conference there last year. Um, right, yeah. But Austin, I've heard a lot about, you know, things, you know, Austin, the, the real estate alone is blowing up, um, yeah. which is really expensive to live there because of all of these tech companies, these big right. companies that are moving in and, um, you know, and it's actually increasing the cost of living for the people that are in Austin. Right. So, you know, I have heard that there's a lot of things happening in Austin, Texas. And so, you know, it's. I think there's, I think there's a lot of hotbeds of different in, innovative cities that are doing yeah. things in the world. I just know that Zug Switzerland has this, you know, has this nickname Crypto Valley because they were the first um, in the world to accept. Um, I believe they were the first in the world to accept crypto as payment for taxes. So, um, and then with all of their other developments and all of these huge companies like Ethereum, you know, being in Zug they've really, they've coined that nickname Crypto Valley for that reason. Right. Good stuff. And, you know, talk about, you know, speaking of Twitter yeah. spaces, you know, talk about some of the things you're doing on, you know, Twitter spaces. You know, I, I, I popped in on, uh, you know, your last Twitter spaces, you know, um, the other week uh, with, with, I guess, one yeah. of the uh, NFT projects, uh, you know, that's out there. But uh, yeah, talk about that. Talk about the importance of Twitter spaces, because I'll have to say this, um, you know, I do maintain a presence on on Twitter, and I will say for anybody who is in crypto, blockchain, just DeFi, generally speaking, I would say it's it, it it's it's practically speaking a must-have. If you have a project, you need to be on Twitter, mm -hmm. and, and 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 probably secondarily Discord, but I would actually put Twitter as a higher um, priority because that's where the thought leaders are. That's where many uh, companies and their respective projects really go and do serious, you know, outreach and you know make efforts to, I think, increase their visibility. Like, you know, LinkedIn is good to have. And, yeah. you know, um, I, I wouldn't say Instagram is necessarily the best, but I would say um, for some reason, uh, Twitter is is a good beacon um, that attracts anything blockchain and crypto related. So, you know, those are just my two thoughts about it. But yeah, no, <laughs> anyway, I talk agree. about some of the stuff you're doing on Twitter. I totally agree, Adam. I, you know, I actually made a video on TikTok. You know, I'm a TikToker, so oh yeah, um, yeah. 
I've actually, I actually have a, a secondary company that I'm partnered with one of my siblings. Um, we, ha we have a social media marketing company based in Florida. And so, so that was something that I've, I've had since before the TMN global story was developed. And, you know, now I'm, this is my main focus is the cryptocurrency. Um, and then my sibling, you know, kind of handles that and the people who are managing that, uh, are, are very much, you know, handling that for me. And I'm so grateful for them yeah. because I'm like, I am doing this crypto thing, guys. I'm sorry. I can't be there for you. Um, but I, you know, for that being said, I'm very much involved in like social media and I love being active and like talking to people online just because I feel like it keeps you thinking relevant on, you know, right. what's happening in the world. And especially TikTok, I feel like TikTok is something that is very like no filter. Like it, it rewards you for going on and talking about, you know, I talk about cryptocurrency and different, like, you know, traveling in Europe as an American. Um, and it rewards you for being authentic and being like your most right. no filter self. Um, and I think people really kind of gravitate towards that. Um, and so I made a video yesterday that TikTok is the Twitter of videos. And someone someone uh, commented on that. They were like, that makes sense. TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's, you know, it's very much um, high, you know, high uh, frequency of posting and right. it rewards you for that. And you can do a lot of experimenting without really being so concerned about who's following who. And right. um, that was a big thing with Instagram that turned a lot of people off because Instagram was this platform that, uh, you know, everyone's so concerned about having like 10,000, over 10,000 followers or whatever going viral and right. having all of these likes where like Twitter and TikTok like are, they have a completely different strategy and it's more about yeah. being active and being a part of like this community of something like niche down, at least in right. my experience, that's how it's been. Oh, no, so, that makes, uh, that makes, uh perfect sense actually and uh you know from i guess you could say developers that i know and i've spoken to it's it's it seems to me um there's clear types of content that those platforms reward and incentivize respectively like as it was told to me so if you're on twitter it's actually best to probably either use twitter spaces or almost write very very brief sentence sentences in, in postings posting yeah. per se pictures and videos doesn't seem to get as rewarded in that ecosystem as much. Um, but if you go on, let's say, TikTok, I mean, if you have a, if you have like a short video with great graphics and, you know, um, you know, some animations and some text in there, you know, that's going to, that's going to reward you with viewership versus, I mean, you could do this if you put like a five or 10 minute video on TikTok. Um, I don't think the uh, the algorithms or the coding is going to you know push that to the front of the line. This was yeah, what way too long. Me, but that I, makes very it makes perfect sense to me though. From what I, I, I don't know if TikTok even had. Do they have ten minute videos on? TikTok I think it's like five. I think f oh, okay. Last time I, I checked, it's like five. Minutes. Yeah, I kind of meant that little bit of an exaggeration but like something yeah. along like five minutes for yeah like if you have a longer video like yeah. there unless it's super like jam-packed full of value and people you know you're teaching yeah. them how to do something um but i really think tiktok is going to be like the new youtube because tiktok is is actually a social media platform that is is starting to be showing up on search engines and right. so people can actually use that like they use youtube so there's a lot of potential but going back to twitter 
Um, like you were saying, like I totally got into Twitter this year. I thought in the years before it wasn't really that relevant to me and what I was doing. But this year, actually building community um, in the crypto space, in the Web3 space, yeah. there's a huge amount of people who are on there who are super open to sharing and who want yeah. you know, to onboard more people into the industry. So I actually have every Wednesday night, um, I have I, I co-host a Twitter space with John Bourne. He's um, you know he's a musician out in Los um, not Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, California, and um, and John Bourne. He's a great guy. He he has an NFT project um, that he has with all of his all of his guys, and together we um, we we have some other people as well who are co-hosting with us. But we created this idea um of web three women wednesdays and the whole idea was to get more women to 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 feel like they belong like there's a right. place for them to to come into the crypto industry and to learn more about it um and to possibly make money in the industry whether that's as an investor as a trader um maybe to learn learn a, a, a high paying skill and you know yeah. you, you, never, you never know but a lot of women are not encouraged to get involved in in the industry and so that well, i was actually going to ask you about that but yes please yeah. continue <laughs> no well i was just yeah i was just uh going to say that a lot of women feel like you know it's a boys club and you know the guys started uh all the boys started um this industry and actually the the top 50 richest people in uh, blockchain are all men. And so there's not a lot of like representation for women who are like leaders in the industry. So that's something like as a, like a founder of a crypto company um, with my partners as a, as a female, as a woman, I wanna reach out my hand and say, look, you know, I wasn't right. a specialist, but there's a place for me as well yeah. as, as a woman in this industry. So, so yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's actually what I wanted to ask, um, you know, whether it's on LinkedIn or even just uh, a regular Google search, but there are a lot of, um, you know, statistics, articles, various news coverage over the fact that, you know, still in, you know, Web3, it's overwhelmingly, you know, represented by men. And this even goes into, let's say, funding from a venture capital point of view for various projects. It still, let's say, mm -hmm. tends to go to let's say, uh, a, a more male dominator, male-centered co-founding team versus, you know, uh, a female, you know, co-founding team as, as well. So in one of the things, and this, you've touched on it already, um, that's been uttered and repeated is that it feels like a, a boys club or it's, or it's kind of like, a, you know, bro culture, you know, and, yeah. and whatnot as, as, as well. I was wondering if you could kind of... Um, <laughs> You know, you know, talk about that because to an extent I can, you know, I can actually see that. I can see why people, you know, uh, you know, feel that way. And I don't know if this is, is this some sort of like, um, is this some sort of pattern replaying itself? Is this really kind of like a uh, machination from like Silicon Valley? You know, maybe like these bro-y kind of developer teams kind of respawning themselves regardless of you know, you know, location and whatnot. And maybe I'm a little bit of an out of an outsider too, because I don't exactly fit the profile 
of a lot of those teams, you know, you know, either. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, even for me, this is kind of a, you know, kind of a learning experience as well. So uh, sure. I wonder if you could kind of tell me, uh, you know, your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I, I completely feel that it comes down to education. Um, you know, a lot of little girls growing up are pushed more towards like, um, the arts and communications and, you know, those types of like learning paths and more yeah. boys are pushed towards, you know, math and science and, you know, com you know, computers or whatever. Um, and that's just, I, I think that's the way that it kind of creates this separation in our educational system, depending on, of course, where you were raised and what country and everything. Sure. Um, but there is this like divide between like what boys, what boys normally do or what girls normally do. And I think that this generation, like the Gen Z's are kind of starting to like change that, like when it comes to right. like the gender gap and what boys are allowed to do and what girls are allowed to do. I think that there's a lot more open-mindedness in, you know, boys trying other types of industries that right. not so many boys are a part of and girls doing other things that, you know, girls don't normally, you know, go after. And I think that comes down to education and like, um, that's part of the reason why I wanted to start, you know, this initiative. So like on all of my social media platforms, you'll see like, uh, I'm crypto woman. Like that's, that's like my sure, yeah. uh, online. And so crypto woman is like an initiative to, to help, to help, uh, women get onboarded into web three. And that is basically providing education and support. Um, by myself initially um, to just, you know, let them know like, hey, like try this out, like here, like go to this, you know, here's some resources for you to learn about the industry, you know, because you never know unless you try it. And more, I think a lot of the times people feel like if there's other people like me doing yeah. this thing, then I'm going to try it. But if other people... Right that if, if there's people that don't look like me or that, you know, or they look like, other, you know, another group that may be intimidating to me, um, right. I'm not going to try it. So I think a lot, a lot of women are intimidated by the fact that there's so many men in the industry, but, um, but I'm one of the voices I think now, and there's so many female voices that are, that are stepping up now and saying, Hey, I'm interested in web three. I, you know, I want to be a part of this. There's a place for me here. And they're kind of reaching back to the next woman and being like, Hey, like, come, you know, come with me on this journey of learning and growing. And if it's not for you at the end of the day, like that's totally fine, yeah. but at least try it and, and look this direction because you never know it, you know, that uh, the, the woman that you're helping or, you know, the female that right. never thought Web3 was for them, they could be the next, uh, you know, big founder in blockchain. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think the I think what ends up, uh, you know, I think what ends up kind of strangling or undermining talent is, uh, you know, is, is, is nepotism. And it's kind of the cycle where if you're kind of like, Maybe it's uh, an unconscious bias or conscious bias. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I think essentially, if you're in this pattern, or if institutions or societies are in this pattern, if you just keep hiring the same exact people, you know, um, you know, the, I I think this might be just from human evolution. People just like to be around with what's familiar. But the problem is, is that you create mm -hmm. these echo chambers, you create these blind spots, 
and you don't really see where the punches are coming because you've just kind of surrounded yourself with all your boys or or some shit like that. So so the fact of the matter yeah. is like, you know, and, and if I people totally, like each other, I, yeah. I totally don't, and sorry to cut you off, but I, I totally uh, don't means. think it's like, um, I don't think it's like people intend to be that way. Right, that's it's what I'm just, saying. Like this might just be like, uh, this might be something from, you know, the very deep evolutionary DNA of, of just human beings, you know, so to say. Mm -hmm. But I think also, I think as humans, we have to be able to kind of recognize that, you know, uh, you know, in our, in, in ourselves as, you know, as, as well, where, you know, if you kind of create this, uh, this type of house and you're always just kind of using the same materials and the same builders and whatnot, you know, it, it's not gonna, it's not going to shield you or kind of keep you aware from all the other different types of climate changes or disasters out there. So I think when it comes to having, you know, a, just a diversity of talent in there, you know, women, people of color, you know, those, those are, those are nuanced experiences and feedback and data. Um, you know, you, you know, teams can, you know, you know, teams can, you know, benefit from. So, you know, seeing, I guess you could say some of the feedback out there, I can see why people are saying that, okay, this, this seems to be a situation where people are really just hiring the, the types of peers that they're, you know, most, you know, most uh, comfortable with, uh, you know, so yeah. to say, you know, so, I mean, like I said, you know, if, 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 if organizations and teams are to grow, then, then you need to kind of look outside of your, uh, your kind of your immediate vicinity and really, you know, be open and in tuned into um, different types of talent, people with different experiences and from, you know, different places, because I think half a life is seeing well, where the innovation coming from. Innovation yeah. needs that. You yeah. can't be innovative if you're always around the same people who are thinking right. the same way as you who have the same background as you and the same set of skills right. as you. You know, I, I'm studying right now for my MBA at Rice University online. I'm doing it. Um, nice. And I also have a degree, I have a degree in psychology, human development, um, my bachelor's degree. And so this is something very much that I've studied and I've experienced is that right. you really need to have in, in a really high performing, innovative team to push um, a company forward. You need to have a team that is super diverse, like right. everyone needs to bring something completely different to the table in order to really push forward and to have breakthroughs. Um, right. And and so even a really highly, highly um, ex expert, uh, specialized people aren't always the best people to be innovative because they've always, you know, they see, they've seen the same thing over and over again. And maybe you need to bring someone completely different in um, to help shake things up. And, um, and there's a really great company out in California that does that. It's like, it, it's, um, there, it's a design company and I, you know, the name escapes me right now. It's a four letter word. I'm not sure if you, <laughs> you know, but they do an amazing job of like, of doing innovations in that, that way. And they bring all different types of like random backgrounds for people to actually create these inventions that, right. um, you know, that we use every day. So so yeah, so that's kind of so that's kind of like you know it's it's my initiative as as a woman in blockchain to you know to, you know just to encourage more women to to get involved in the industry and to not feel like they don't belong because I think there's a place for everyone. So yeah, absolutely. I, by the way, I think that's uh, 
very, uh, you know, wonderfully put. So um, this coming Wednesday, um, I take it you'll be doing a, uh, another episode of, you know, Web3 Women and probably, um, you know, carrying on from, I guess you could say, last week's conversation or, or whatever else. Yeah, sure. So every every week we just um, we just jump on the Twitter space and whatever discussions come up, we just want to make it like a safe place that people can come on. They can ask for feedback about their projects. Um, you know, they can they can ask us questions from our experience and the co-hosts or the panelists that are up on the stage can all you know chime in. And right. you know, we also have a we also have a, a space people can come up and they can share their projects. If they have an NFT project or a blockchain project, they can come up and talk about it. You know, and there's a lot of investors that that you know sometimes come on and listen to us. So, yeah. um, so you know, so it's a really great yeah. opportunity for people Maybe to come some, up and, join and grow their communities online. So, Absolutely. Well, yeah, listen, I'll definitely uh, try to make it out again. Uh, you know, uh, you know, this week as. You know as well but um you know listen rebecca thank you very much for coming on to the show today you know i'm very excited to uh see what uh you know tmn has in store and kind of you know tokenizing these various kind of nuanced areas of you know tech and rare earth metals uh, you know i think logic would would follow that perhaps there should actually be more attention on those excuse me types of metals because you know that's what creates our uh you know, this what creates our iPhones and our, you know, MacBooks and our, you know, electric cars and, and green energy. I mean, these are yeah. the things that we actually interact with in our, you know, everyday lives. And these are things, probably economies would crumble if these like kind of <laughs> sources of metals were actually depleted, right. if you think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's totally, you know, it's totally the building, the building blocks of modern life. And, yeah. and TMNG is providing people access to be able to invest in the building blocks of modern life. And, and I'm really, you know, I'm super optimistic and I'm super, um, you know, thankful for the opportunity that you've given me to come on here and share oh, anytime. a little bit of my story. I feel like our, our time is just like not enough. I feel like we could talk for hours. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Don't worry, we could have a follow-up episode again, uh, you know. Yeah, that would be great. And, and then pick up, you know, pick up from this. You know, I'd like to, you know, you know keep updated and, you know, Keep a uh, keep praise of what's going on with uh, you and your team, and you know, like I said, I think this would be a great opportunity for the United States if people could, you know, get into this era, this area. Sorry, of investing into these like very tech and rare earth minerals. I mean, to be honest, it's always probably more valuable if you found like a lithium mine versus a gold mine. If you find a lithium mine, that literally powers everything. You know, so to say, let's go from watches, goes to the tech we were just talking about. And yeah. gold is, don't get me wrong, gold is great and whatnot, though. But if you kind of think of the long-term, broader, you know, scope of these things, you know, these are the raw metals that we kind of need to exist. Uh, we need totally. to really function in, uh, in today's world. Yeah, so it's a huge chance for people right now, you know, to really get in on an investment that you know i'm not a financial advisor so you know do your own research on everything you do but it, i i think it's a really great opportunity for anyone that's interested in what we're talking about today and i will just put a little you know thing in there that if you're yeah. listening to the podcast today and you're interested in getting involved in tmng and how it works and you need some help please message me i'm sure adam yes. if, you, if you know him he can give you my information um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Rebecca Jenkins, and you'll see that I'm the CEO of TMN Global, 
and um, would love to help you out and get you started. I'm very open, very doxed uh, founder. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you know, my, my whole goal is to help people to, um, to get involved in this awesome thing that Adam and I are involved with, with involved in which is web three so yeah so reach out reach out to me and i would love to hook you up and give you all the details on it perfect again rebecca it was an absolute pleasure having you come on today and uh you know get into the weeds about you know some of the subject matter and i'm very look very much looking forward to uh having you back on again in the near future thank you adam i appreciate Thank you here. yes talk to you later bye talk to you soon all right bye